Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblioscapes and Discussion. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by photographer, artist, Graham Cook. Good evening, Graham. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And, and yourself, have you been enjoying the sun today uh, down in yes, the south? Yes, southeast? I've been in the garden and uh, watering the plants and mowing the lawn and yes, well, all that sort of stuff. I, yeah, I've been sitting at a desk inside, but I did go out for a wee walk earlier on, so that was quite nice to get some fresh air and see the sunshine for a change. But uh, uh, but yeah, so before we talk about Graham's self-published book, Inner Visible, it would be great, uh, Graham, if you could maybe give us an introduction to you, your artistic journey and, and where it started for you. Uh, sure. Um, my artistic journey really started at primary school. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the primary school reports that I still have all indicate that I would have uh, a career um, in in art of some description. Yeah. Uh, um, so so that that was about the only thing I could do. I mean, I was pretty good at history, pretty good at biology for some yep. strange reason, um, and and art and games. Yes, uh, and that seemed to follow me throughout my education. Um, but uh, I was—I've—I've I've always had an interest in in photography, driven largely by my father, I think, to begin with. Okay. Um, he um, he was always—he was a very creative guy. Did did lots of craft things, engraving glass, mending watches, um, doing a. a whole manner of things and photography was just another element of that and he never yeah. just took ordinary f- photographs there was always something quite weird or surreal about it and he messed about with perspective yeah um, okay. and and th- there was always an intrigue there so that that kind of I suppose motivated my interest in photography and acceler- accelerated it um, yeah. and when I went to art college it was part of my graphics course there so I in enjoyed that immensely i mean art course defined me and made me as a as an individual up to about the age of 16 i really didn't have a huge amount of confidence yeah um uh i was a little bit retiring i suppose i i i i wasn't i would never get on the dance floor at the village hall bash at the weekends anything like that so at the youth club i was always tucked away in a corner somewhere um but but art college really made me the person that i wanted to be, I could, I could then, exp- I could, I could, I was using a language that yeah. I could, um, uh, that I understood that came from within. Yes. And yeah. I felt, I, I suddenly realised that I could, um, I could mix with people from a variety of backgrounds and hold my own. Yeah. And yeah. that I, I wasn't this little kid from a council house in a yeah. village tucked away in Kent. Yeah. Um, and I, I suddenly. Um, I just suddenly grew as a person um, and photography photography grew and grew and grew um, but my my primary my primary skill I suppose was to, to was as to design okay but, but as a, yeah. with an artist was to I could always draw always paint I could draw very photographically yeah um, and that it was it was never a problem my I hand combat uh that that whole combination worked exceedingly well i could recall things exceedingly accurately yeah um but um i don't know it, it just i was I, I i never managed to do the fine art course as yeah. i mentioned to you before yeah yeah this, this recording um but um 
I was I was a wannabe artist. I was a wannabe painter, yep. and and graphic design and the other bits and pieces that go with that, with the photography and the rest of it, just got in the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, nevertheless, art college was pretty um, uh, was pretty successful for me. Um, got a good degree at the end. Uh, but I had a job in London before the degree show, so I was working at a publishers in London. Yeah. Um, so I was quite, uh, I was kind of, I was kind of well set, if you yeah. like. And and uh, in that, and, and we're talking about 1970, I suppose. We had our own dark room. We used to do our own photography. Used to do our own yeah. developing. Yeah. Um, it was all hands on in those days. It was there was no photo setting. There was no computers. It was. Yeah, you know, you, you you had to do everything from A, a to Z. Yes. Yeah. Um, so photography sat there all the time, um, and then as I as I as I grew through uh, the publishing company that I worked for, uh, I took on more responsibility. I was commissioning work. I was working with photo libraries. Um, this was all alongside design. It was all part and parcel of the same thing. Yeah. Really. Um, and uh, then when I left uh, there, I, I, I moved out to a small design agency in Seven Oaks and then ultimately ran my own business. Yep. Um, and at that point, I started to um, I started to take more of an interest in photography at uh, a more uh, refined level, I suppose. I worked with a guy called David Noble. Right, I, yes. Yep. Maybe you know him. I know, uh, yep, yep. Well, he left us to go to Derby. Uh, right. to do a degree yeah and, and then he, he he was teaching at i think the technical college there or something yes yeah um a lovely guy and but he he really started an interest in photography and started he had books by minor minor white walker evans or range of people um uh and i suddenly realized wow you know what could be achieved with a camera yeah you know, okay, my father's one thing. The stuff that I used to do is another, but was another. But yeah, thought, well, this is this is something. This is something else. So, I I was then um, in a space to be aware of just the power of photography. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really think of it as something that I would ever be doing as an art form. Yes. Okay. Um, it just that was something that crept up on me really. Yep. Um, but there were certain moments in my working life um, where my interest accelerated yeah. and my knowledge accelerated and my awareness grew. Yeah. And uh, David Noble was probably, um, I suppose, the, the guy that was most responsible for that. Um, certainly the book he had, uh, a book on John Blakemore, I believe, yeah. Um, some of his uh, intricate f photography of um, uh, of I imagine it's the Peak District, but it's uh, I can't recall the book now. But it was a, all black and white. Yes. But yeah. Just full of detail and, and full of texture, f very organic. I mean, just yeah. absolutely beautiful, beautiful imagery. Yeah. Um. So uh, then I moved to London. Um, I started to work with a variety of photographers there uh, as part of commissioning. Um, it was always a big issue. Uh, photography and clients really didn't go well together because they always wanted something on the cheap. Yeah. So they, we very often had to make a silk, 
a, a, a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Yes. Um, they knew the cost of being able to hire a picture from Rex Features or yeah. whoever it might be, Getty. Um, and they would often give us a brief and then actually show us the photograph they wanted. Want, yeah. Yeah. And then they'd say, well, actually, we want something like that. Can you can you organise a photographer to do that? But we only want to pay you this. Yeah. So that's... Yeah. Um, <laughs> That was a task, uh, but but it was something you just had to deal with as a as a, as a creative. Right. Yeah. Um, and then towards the end of my life in London, when I was sort of just winding down, um, I started to take more of an interest in photography as a means to an end. It was um, something I thought would help to make me think differently about form and shape and colour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And move me away from this corporate communication environment yeah no yes. where I'm, I'm i'm forced to deal with brand police and yeah <laughs> you know, where you you know what it's like i mean yeah. it was, it's it was just templated half the time yeah um yeah you meant the brand guide brand brand guidelines you had to work to so it was um it was a, it was a way for me to it was a stepping stone really towards me becoming a painter yes so photography wasn't meant to be any more than that and uh it, it it's become uh it was meant to be a means to an end but it's an end in itself now yes um i had collected some books i used to like going to france and italy and stuff so i collected some books that were um, illustrated by Charlie Waite and David Ward and wanted to, so I, yes. I was aware, Mike Bussell, I remember, I was aware of that kind of photography as, as being quite classy for that sort of book. Yep. And yep. Uh, then I, I, I had a chance meeting with Charlie Waite at the OXO Gallery in London um, and got chatting to him about stuff. I told him about the books I had of his and, and then he got me to go on one of the light and land tours. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a beach Avenue down in Kingston Lacey or somewhere like that. Yeah. They, he usually starts off down there. Yep. So I had a couple with, and then it just started from there. It started to snowball from there, but I still hadn't found a photograph. It, in, in those days, it was all about the, the big landscape and yeah, uh, the big vistas, the big vistas and sunsets and stuff like that. It wasn't, um, um, but it, but it had a, it had a momentum then. Yes, yeah. Uh, I'd already started my, on retirement, I'd also started painting. I started to go to classes and uh, and I'd only done over two or three paintings in about 40 years. So really, I I had such a hunger for it. So yeah. I was doing that at the same time as photography was starting to accelerate and grow. So, and... Well, it's a well, it's a well-worn path now. I, I I talk about it quite a bit. How I I went on a masterclass with um, David Ward and Joe Cornish in, in Cornwall. Yeah, and that's where in in the book that's where the one picture that I suddenly took that was the Eureka moment for me. Yes, that actually there is another way of looking at the yes. world that answers a lot. It talks a lot to me about. Um, the art that I, I like and the artist that I think I am and the way I think about art yes. rather than 
slavishly reporting on what's in front of me in a very traditional and conventional sense. Yes. So that was the that was really the moment. And then from then it's just it's like I've said, it's gathered momentum and through contact, uh, continued contact with David Ward and Joe particularly, and then cons consequently um, Valder and Doug. Yes, yep. Um, and, and ultimately um, Bull Kenny. Yeah. You know, the God, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, well, he won't be, well, he may look like God, but he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. he, he, won't, he won't be pleased to hear that. But, uh, oh. Um, no, I mean that it just um, yeah. uh, they they all added an element an element of of momentum and energy um, to 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 where I was going and yeah. um, and and Joe and David although they don't necessarily do my kind of work in any respect they certainly are open minded enough to allow somebody that has a perceived ability and a, and a, a clear direction to 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 grow yeah and um and prosper yeah and, 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 and explore their ideas as well without being constrained by what their vision is or what their view is and what others might have a very constrained view of as well yes i mean they don't have a they don't have a a, a one-size-fits-all indeed view yeah they're very catholic and in joe's you know has a fine art degree I believe so yeah. um, he's certainly fine art trained um, and and David has a brain the size of I don't know Cambridgeshire so he he's, he's and a wicked sense of humor and we get on exceedingly well um, but we very often talk about a whole range of things when we're out and very very little to do with the camera very yeah. little to do with um, the, the technical side of things yeah. Um, that's always something I've tried to keep away from. Keep away from because it it impacts on yeah. my my creative yes. um, understanding and development yeah. and awareness. Um, it just blights my thinking a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, I think it probably blight would blight most people's creativity and thought process if you're always just thinking about the technology or the equipment that you're using, etc. Yeah. I suppose it's knowing what your equipment can do, but it's, it's what your eyes can see fundamentally. That's what. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 what, and what your mind can process and what your mind can can vision as well and and imagine for itself. Yeah, yeah. I think the the camera is certainly. Um, tuned my eye in I, I can yeah. I, I see better now because of the camera than I ever did I could always see opportunity um, a creative opportunity but this has really fine-tuned that facility that I have yeah. the camera has and uh, um, I I I, uh, I don't know it's um, it's, it's true what they say that it that, that the camera really does enable you to see without the camera yes yeah uh, i mean that's a well worn quote um but it's something that um i'm 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 thrilled by the way i now can see the world and yeah. i have to thank the camera for that yeah. even though i try to photograph as if i haven't got a camera in my hand or an yeah. iphone or whatever it might be so yeah 
but uh, yeah, no. So yeah, it, I, I totally agree with you. And I think it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely sounds a, a fascinating journey you've been on and also just the, the constant development and the constant progression and, and uh, yeah, the insight that you'll get from likes of Doug and Valdo over just creating that wee bit of new ideas, new inspiration every time. And it just keeps, keeps the ideas flowing and the creativity moving forward as well. Yeah. I mean, because I, I was, uh, I, I knew I, I found another way of looking at the world. And, and it was a way of looking at the world that spoke to me. Yeah. Um, and I remember bumping into Doug. He was giving a talk um, at the Mal Galleries, I think, in London in 2014, something like that. And it was just at the point where he was considering changing the way he worked and the way he saw the world. Yeah. And th- there weren't many people listening to his little chat, but he... It, it was reassuring to me that there was somebody else there. And we talked quite a bit afterwards. And um, it, it was, it's moments like that that just give you the confidence to know that, 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 you're, that the direction you're going in is, yeah. is not futile. Yes. That, yeah. it, it, um, that there, are other people, there are other people doing it as well, because it's obviously not something that... Uh, not everybody gets in, in gets abstract photography or abstract art. Yes, yeah. uh, a lot of people like to call themselves abstract artists, but it's not something that's terribly commercial. Yep. Um, so, you know, you're taking a little bit of a risk by putting yourself out there and wondering what the reaction is going to be to it. But if yep. you believe in it, if there's yep. intent, then then it's 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 meant to be. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, I mean, it was for me, it was uh, my eyes, <laughs> the scales just fell from my eyes and I could yeah. I could see a way forward that um, yeah. uh, meant that I could see the world how I wanted to paint the world. I haven't been able to do that in paint yet. Yeah. Ironically, <laughs> but the camera answers that need. Yeah. That, that's rude so yeah obviously 9th of december 2013 was when it all clicked into place for you so to speak and Please. from from then on it was was it five years i think it was five years worth of work to produce your your incredible book which yes. is is really just it, it's a, a such a such a beautiful wonderful body of work it, it it was uh, i was speaking to uh, speaking with uh showing it to my wife earlier on who who yeah, she really found it very inspiring, and yes, is we, we were talking about the, the some of the subject matter in it, and it really when you, I know you mentioned it at the end, but it really just allows your imagination to to think creatively, creatively for yourself. You're not; it's mm. none of the images constrain you to something. One one when you're stopping looking and taking them in. It, your your mind can think for scale, for color, context, mm. textures, and patterns, and that's really that's really something I like. It's it's not as I said beforehand. It's not uh, it's not something I photograph myself, but I can really really appreciate it, and I really I really do lo- love the book um, and and the the work that's in it. And I'd, I'd just be really interested to know about your approach to your work and and. What, what you're maybe looking for or what really inspires you in the work that you're in the work that you're producing in, in the in the book um 
Well, it's, I think it's about, for me, it's about distilling the landscape. It's, um, yeah. it's, uh, I, I, I want to record the landscape and the things that are in the landscape um, yeah. in the most distilled form that I can. I want to use the fewer, fewest marks that I possibly can in yeah. order to describe something. Yeah. Um, and also the things that you find in the landscape, the discarded things, things yeah. that, um, uh, things that have been eroded, decomposed, yeah, incidental yeah. effects of of the of artisans, all those sorts of things. It's the things that have the, that have had an impact on the landscape that have a different way of describing the landscape. Yeah, and yeah. and so from 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 my perspective, I'm I'm trying to. Um, I'm trying to show the landscape in another way that has a, it has another life. Things that are discarded have another life. Yes. That you yeah. can read in that, okay, it might be a tin can. It might be a tin can that's that's lost its usefulness, that's been discarded. Yeah. But in that tin can, there's a story. There's a story to be told. There's a story to be told about the environment that it sits in. But yeah. also what else that environment, what else that might be, what else that tin can can be, that yeah. tin can can become, what story it can it, yeah. It's the ambiguity. It's it's the marks. It's considering the marks that are on the can. Yeah. It's, it it becomes um, it becomes another object. It has another life. Yes. It's reborn, if you like. Yeah. And I like to I like to create images that test the viewer and t test the audience and take the audience in different directions. Yes. And either I'll do that through a caption, or I'll I'll. Uh, or I'll be quizzical, or I won't do anything at all that will give any idea of what it was. I don't like to say what the object is. Yes. Um, yep. I just let the viewer, the, 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 the audience take a journey. Yeah. And I, I like to be quite provocative with the way I treat things. And I want, I, I don't know, I, I push and push and push. Marks alone tell a story, you know, yes. re relative to the life of that object. Um, it's uh, it's very it's very hard for me to be precise because there's so many things that yeah. actually go on in my head when I'm looking at something. I'll yeah. see something if I'm walking through the countryside, and it really it's the countryside that that it's the space. I mean, it can be countryside, it can be urban space. Yeah. But if I see something inside me, I'm I see it as something completely different, and the context has changed completely. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm immediately zoning in on that yeah. and zoning in on making that. Um, uh, my my aim is to make that image. What I've got to realize that image. Yes. That, that answers what's inside me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it could and it's it's completely probably at odds with the environment that it's in. Yes. Yeah. But I'm driven. I'm just driven to do that by what I feel inside. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's, 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 it's just a, it's, it's an, it's an, it's an exciting journey for me. I, yes. yeah. I, I can't stop seeing things and seeing things out of context and changing yeah. the context therein. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, Jeez. but it's about reinterpreting the landscape. It's about reinterpreting, um, and just rephrasing it really. 
that rephrasing yeah. it in my in my eye in my yeah. view yeah in terms of what you're trying to get across yeah because one one of the other things i was i was really interested to know is or to understand is are, is is what the feelings and the thoughts are that you're trying or hoping to evoke from the viewers as well when when they're looking at you when they're looking at your work yeah it's about uh, I, try, I try not to i try not to think of initially of what the um of what the audience will will make of it the the first the first thing is what i make of it yeah i mean i may see something like i don't know a sheet of metal um and it may have some welding marks on it and it does a job or has done a job and it's in an environment yeah. i would see something in that that would probably infer um it make an inference of the space that 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 object is in. So it might yep. be something at the coast. Yes. But I might make a coastal impression out of what's within that object. But I would have seen that and made. I would be making those connections. Yep. Okay. Yeah. How how much of a coastal impression I make it is really down to me. Um, yeah. I could make it quite literal, so yeah. the audience really do get it. Yeah, it's quite or obvious. Or it yeah. could be really very, very abstracted. Yes. So the audience have to work much harder. But it's about it's about the audience engaging and going yeah. on their own journey with it. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's not about me telling them what it is, and this is how you've got to enjoy it, yeah. and this, and then writing a lot of stuff about. Okay, yeah. this is how I got there. I don't really, I'm not into yeah. that sort of thing. It's it's about them having their own journey and then maybe opening their own eyes to something that they can see. Yeah, when they're next out in the, you know, it, the countryside is, or the world is a, is a is an infinitely richer place when it, it through my eyes I think. Yeah, an infinitely richer. I find it an infinitely richer place now because I can see so much and I can see it in a variety of ways, not yeah. just what it is. Yeah. And I, I think, I think you touch on it. It's, it's a, it, for me, uh, having the, having the book it is, it's the ability to go on one's own journey. You don't know what it, you don't necessarily know what it is you're looking at, but it allows your mind to create its own impression and own environment of what it is you're looking at. And I, I think I see that in, I, I can appreciate that and see that in some of the other books I've got. And I think it becomes a wonderful thing because it allows one's own imagination to work for itself and creates, yeah. their, own, creates their own journey and the own story, your own story and your own journey, whether it's, in t whether it's totally a million miles off the mark, it's, it's kind of really ir irrelevant to a certain extent. It's, it's how, it's how we view your work compared to how, how, how you view your work as well. Yeah, I'm sure. And it's, it's, um, there's there's so much that goes unnoticed in this world yeah. and and so much that's just dismissed as being um irrelevant and but there's beauty in everything yeah there's be beauty just and it can be the smallest little thing that's discarded or the smallest little scratcher i mean i love i love scratch marks it's it painting is about mark making and my my photography in many respects um it, it focuses on the marks made by natural forces or by man yeah um or by artisans or whatever so it's it's those it's 
those marks tell a story. And it's, I like to spend time with the marks and use them to create an object in its own right yep. um, that has its own relevance, but it's quite different from the the, the, the object itself. Self, yes. Yep. But those those marks say an awful lot about the life of that object. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a there's there's a whole range of things going on there, and if if the audience wants to engage with it, there's a there's a, a variety of elements to be understood within within the picture. Yeah. Um, but the scratch marks describe the life of that object. They describe yeah. how it's lived. Yes. But they also describe how it's going to carry on living in yeah. but through yeah. my eyes. Through your eyes, yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I think so much of so much of your work really is really so expressive, but also, and it it touches on your your love for for fine art, painting, etc. It's very painterly and drawn as well. So I'm just I'm just interested to know what artistic inspirations there are or artistic movements that were maybe inspirations. And obviously I did, I kind of made a note of that before you told me about your, your, your artistic background. So, <laughs> uh, but, I, but I'm, I'm just, I'm really interested, as I said before, as well, my, when I was showing my wife it, she said, yeah, I've, and uh, it reminds me of uh, someone and I've got their book, Anselm Kiefer, and she held the book up and she showed me, she showed me some of the work and yeah, I could, I could begin to see, some of some of maybe the just where maybe some influence or where there's some connection with as well, which was really which is really quite interesting to see. Yeah, I, I think I'm very very um, very influenced by paint. Most of the painters, mo or art, yeah, and design. Most yeah. of my books are on artists or or designers or typographers. Yes. Yeah, um, I have. A modest collection of photography books. Yeah, um, it's uh, if if I think about it, I suppose from John Constable through to the present day, that's broadly my span of influence. Yeah, I live in an area where uh, Samuel Palmer painted quite a lot, and his rather naive early work. Um, certainly where he worked with um, pen and I think gum Arabic and other sorts of varnishes. Okay. They're, they're really quite simplified sketches. Um, wonderful, wonderful work. Great. Um, there's, you can't see it. There's one on the wall behind me. Right. Here. Yeah. Um, but those sorts of things feed into yeah. uh, my work. There's, if I tell you a little story, I, I went to um, I went to Tate Modern, and there was a tea room just outside of Tate Modern, right. and uh, it had a sort of rubber casing just to yep. keep the wet out. But yep, some of yep. that some of that casing had come off, and yep. underneath there was the there was the swirl of the glue that they yep. used to stick the rubber. Yeah. And I immediately saw Samuel Palmer, and I was down on my hands and knees with my iPhone and everyone walking around wondering what on earth I was doing. And um, it's that's kind of in a nutshell how yeah. I work and how art feeds into Indeed. it. Yeah. Um, but it could be, it could, 
it could be anybody working right the way through um, the, the pre-Raphaelites, I suppose, um, maybe less so then, um, singer Sargent, uh, the Fauves, particularly the Fauves, Matisse, Durain, Braque, um, uh, Vlemink. Um, interestingly, I used to have a problem when I was, I played a lot of sport and I was the only artist in the football team or the cricket team. <laughs> or the only creative anyway. And I was always a little bit of an oddball. I was seen as a bit of an oddball. <laughs> Very occasionally the conversation got onto something that was remotely creative and I, I started to sort of really engage. Yep. And they would all just say, right, that's enough. Okay, stop the conversation. This is quite boring now. Yeah, away you go. Um, it's, uh, this, is, this, is, this is not for us. Um, so I thought, well, sport and art don't really go together. But then I read in a catalogue I had on the Fauve exhibition that Vlaminck, in about, I suppose, when in about the 1890s, he wanted to be a professional cyclist and right. do the Tour de France. And I thought, yes. Brilliant. Yeah, There's, that's it. There's if the connection. Me, if Vlaminck can do it, then I can, I can jolly well do it. Yeah. Um, so the Fauves, uh, German Expressionism, uh, Expressionist, um, the Blue Writer, um, Kodinsky, uh, I mean, the sky's th the limit, really. Gabriel Munter, um, Giacometti. Um, yeah. It goes on to, it goes right the way through to the, the St. Ives painters. Um, Lanyon, particularly, is a, is a, a, a big favourite of mine. Yeah. Uh, Paul Feiler. Or Fila, not sure. Um, his wife, Catherine Armitage, um, used photography. She uses photography to create uh, yeah. graphic shapes. Um, I mean, it's they they all, all feed into how I look at the landscape. You talk about yeah. Ansel Kiefer, yes, I've, I've I've probably got the same book as your as your wife. I suspect so. Yes, <laughs> I, um, I I collect the photo books, and she's got uh, like yourself. She's got a lot of design books. I think there's even a lot of design books that are still in the wrappers. To be honest, they've been bought, <laughs> right. for, they've, they've been bought yeah. for various reasons. But uh, but no, yeah, it's, it's really interesting just to hear hear the artistic inspiration as well in terms of uh, painters and drawers in particular. Because yeah, I can see I can see similarities with with some of the work that you're producing as well. So yeah, it, uh, it, it, I I always wanted to be a fine artist, and I always wanted to be a painter, and, and look, as I mentioned earlier, that when I retired, it, it was a painter I wanted to be. That I always thought was the person I, I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, that's who I was. And, and yeah. that's, that's, that's definitely, yes, I'm going to be that person at long last. Yeah. Um, but it hasn't quite worked out like that. I still, uh, I, I have, I'm still doing my painting. I'm yeah. desperately trying to become more abstract in the way I, paint yep. change the, the way I am but I seem to be wired in such a way that I do things um, in a very precise way from my design background I, I, I like things to be ordered I like things to be balanced I like yep. spaces to be uh, in with, with the right positive and negative space I, yes. you know, it's it's all yeah <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's it's all hardwired in me i think and i find it quite difficult to be just completely free yeah but, but the irony is i can be completely free with the camera camera yeah um yeah so um 
I'm, I'm still working that one out. <laughs> and I suppose, I suppose if I have an aim, it's to try and bring the two disciplines together. Yes. And that, when, yes. I, when I did my first, first feature in on landscape, that's what I, 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 I stated as something that was my, my aim. Yeah. That I really wanted to try and pull the two together and combine them in some way, shape or form. I guess I, I'm, I'm sort of doing that in some respects now. Um, but it's still a bit contrived and um, it's it's too technically resolved. Yes, yeah, as opposed to being far more natural. As opposed and to being, being natural and, and look as if it's meant to happen. Yeah. So obviously you, you started or it clicked for you in 2013 and you, you began your, your new, your, with your new vision, if I can call it that. And at what point did you, did the book come about? Um, well, I, I, I continue. I, I mean, I have no great, uh, I was going to say, I, I feel a bit of a fraud calling myself as a, 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 a photographer, but, um, but clearly that's not the case. But when I look Absolutely at some, the, when I look at some of the people that you chatted to, and I look at, uh, the, the people that solely focus on photography, they, you know, what they know about it and where they are in in this discipline is 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 way uh, way beyond where I think I sit in the, the sort of pecking order of things. But um, as as I grew in in confidence and my voice grew in confidence, yeah. I continued to go on workshops um, and, until I got to a point, I suppose in. Um, 2017 2018 yep. I opened a body of work I'd never used to show my prints uh, at, at workshops because I was too embarrassed to show them yeah and then I built up the confidence to, to do it to do it for the first time and I really got a, a, I was on a high because I got such a such good feedback um, but I remember I think we were I was in the Lake District and I was showing Joe and David my work and uh, my latest work and they hadn't seen some of the, the way the abstraction developed yes. for quite some time uh, because Joe doesn't do social media and, um, yeah. and David had gone off to, I don't know, some Zimbabwe, Africa. not yeah. uh, Africa where, somewhere. Yeah. Africa somewhere. Um, and um, it was a, rev uh, a revelation to them. It was like, wow, yeah. I, you know, this is, this, this is, this is quite something. And, yeah. and then that happened a second time and Joe said, well, I think we might like to, um, show sure, we might like to have an ex, uh, an exhibition at the gallery of your work. And I thought, well, okay, this is, this is getting serious. This is getting serious. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, I have to say it wasn't down to him. It's down to his curator. Yes. So yeah. he only recommended me to the curator and I had to go and convince her. Sure. So, yeah. you know, it's not, yes. Uh, Joe did the yeah um, got got me in yeah um, because the gallery is in his name it's nothing nothing at all to do with that yeah um, but part of part of that process was that I thought well a book to accompany that would be a good thing and it was yep. on my bucket list list to do that yep. I I always wanted to have uh, my work <laughs> yeah. In, in between, you know, a perfect yeah. bound book, a grown-up yes. book with Graham Cook on it. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, okay. So I'll do that as well, just before, either yeah. in time for the exhibition or if not, just after. Yeah. So I was, I, I started 
that process as well. Um, and I'd, I'd been doing quite a, a number of freelance design jobs still in retirement. So I was stashing money away. Yes. Thinking, okay, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it well. Yes. Um, and I had no notion of how it would sell, even if it would sell. So it doesn't matter yes. because I'm willing to risk X in yes. order to Don't satisfy yeah, what this I want to do. Yeah. In a need. It's something I want to do. And if I do nothing else, at least I've got that. And if yeah. somebody walked into a room and I didn't feel like talking to them about what I did, a bit like tonight, trying to talk to you about what I do, yeah. I'd love to be able to hand my book through the screen and give it to you and say, look, there yeah. you are. Look yeah. at the pictures and read the stuff at the back, and it probably will give you a better idea than I've yes. been able to give you this evening. Um, but so so it sort of it sort of gained from it gained momentum from that point onwards and um, yeah. and I started to pull the whole thing together and decide I I, I had in mind the size that I wanted the number yep. of pages yeah um, and I had in mind that I wanted to say something about the way I worked because yeah. I'd never really thought about the way I worked I I I I just act so. It's instinctively or intuitively yeah. it's just natural yeah. so i i never had to really think i've never had to really think and then analyze what i do and why i do it yes so yep. that gave me a real focus yeah and i had to sit down and think about okay how, how do i yeah, explain to anyone to, someone else how i yeah. do this yeah i've got to make sense i've got to make sense of this so i need to convince other people how yeah how, how that would work um so i spent a while just planning it um, le yeah. leading up to the exhibition I spent uh, a long while um, planning the production doing the design um, obviously it's something I can do um, yeah it helps yeah, when you, it, help, it helps when you've got a bit of uh, a bit of experience with that I think. yes yeah I mean I did talk to um, I spoke to uh, Richard Ernie yes uh, yeah because I said I was going to do and he just produced a book and he he said, oh, we'll talk to Greg at Kozu. So I had a conversation with Greg. Yep. But, of course, my little effort was was running behind Paul's second book and Doug's absent-mindedness. So yes. they, they, were, they were very helpful, but, but um, it wasn't quite the same arrangement that maybe I would have got if... Yes, yeah if they were not doing any other photo books yes. at the time, which yep. I completely understood. Yep. And they said what they could do to help me. And I thought, well, okay, that's fine. Gave me some good advice on pricing, good advice. Yes. Um, so I'm grateful uh, to Greg for that. Um, but I decided to work with a company that I've worked throughout my uh, professional life. Yeah. Um, and they're based down in Oxfield in East Sussex. And they were called Beacon Press. In Lewis, and they moved to Uckfield, and they're known as Pure Print now. And they they print a lot of uh, annual reports, a lot of fine art catalogues for yes. the Gagosian, yeah. um, the Tate Gallery. Um, so I knew that quality wasn't an issue. Yeah. The thing that was going to be an issue was price. Yeah, because they're a big printer, they're a hungry printer, and they need feeding. Um, <laughs> so we we had to have a really detailed conversation about what I could afford um yeah and uh um and and we sort of went from there but uh uh they're they're a joy to work with 
yeah and uh i i knew that i wanted a case bound book i knew i wanted a varnish of some description i knew i wanted pretty good paper inside i knew i wanted the color plan on the back for the text (laughs) um and all that starts with i had an idea to begin with, I was going to print on Munken, which is a, a very expensive paper, which I didn't do in the end. Yeah. Uh, it is digitally printed, actually, on the, on the Indigo presses, yeah. um, because it was only 150 copies. Yes, yeah. As it turned out, I could have printed quite a lot more because I was still getting inquiries for it. Yeah, it's uh, a wonderful thing. <laughs> so it sold out relatively quickly. Um, and, and it's quite interesting when you know what the break-even figure is and you are not sure what... Um, <laughs> you know you've got to sell uh say something like 110 yep maybe a bit more than that to just get your money back yes. and then you've got obviously postage on the top of that i mean doing it all oneself is quite a task i have to yeah. say oh yeah. yeah uh to manage the posting to manage the packaging yeah even sitting in front of all of these to sign each one a number in addition each one was quite a task um uh, I mean, 150 doesn't sound many copies, but a, a thing of that size is a lot of, is a lot it of books. Takes up a lot, takes up a lot of space. Yeah, yeah, it does indeed. And I had, a, I had an idea that I wanted to have translucent sheets between each section. I wanted different. Yep. And on those sections, I was going to have ghostly <laughs> pictures or poetry or quotes yep. and stuff. So all of those things, I was going to put um, uh, a, a, a print inside each one printed on really super paper. Yeah. And I was going to also do another little um, softback book um, that went out with it, which is which would be my kitchen collection. Yeah. Uh, which is another little thing I have running parallel to right. the stuff I do, just incidentally. Um, but all of that came down to numbers in the end. It came down to yeah. because because I was doing the exhibition Yes, I was doing all the framing and planning, planning for the exhibition. So by the time I tagged together the cost of this and the cost of the that, yeah. framing, um, I, I was into quite a lot of money. money. But yeah. like I say, I, I was happy to lose. Yeah, you knew what you were in it. for. Yeah, um, but I knew what and what I was in for. But in the end, it it it, it went it went rather well, and um, yeah, it, it did okay. So I wish I'd printed a few more because to do another reprint now would cost an absolute fortune. Yeah, um, that's it. yeah. These these things always. Yeah, as I said, <clears throat> hindsight is a wonderful thing when you when when you know you when you sell out and you think, well, yeah, I could have, if I just done a few more copies at the at the time, yeah. but but then you'd be sitting there at the time thinking, God, I've got to sell all these additional copies and. <laughs> Um, and how how did how did you find the, the likes of sequencing? Because I, I talked to a lot of people about that, and some people find it very enjoyable. Some people find it quite challenging when you're when you're as opposed to looking at images one after another. You're you're having to look at it in terms of right getting the flow throughout the whole book in terms of in terms of your work. Did you do it yourself, or did you collaborate with other people and, and seek advice and input? No, I didn't seek any advice at all. I just, uh, I, did, I did it all. Oh yourself. Oh myself. It was a, it was a, um, it was a challenge. It was yep. a challenge, and actually looking at my work, um, looking at my work in 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 that way, um, because I was just churning work out, and I was. Yes. And, and there's a there's a theme to how I work, 
Yep. There's not actually, I don't work in series necessarily, but I kind of work in clusters, yes. almost little portfolios. And I yep. have collections of work that sit together. It kind of sit together on my website, which yep. really needs to be um, uh, Doesn't everyone's uh, updated. Um, oh, well, there's another story about the website, so I won't get into that because it involves, it involves a neighbour that I don't... Okay, that's fine. We'll leave that. Yep. So, okay, that will take all evening to go through that. Um, but uh, Joe said to me, well, I think you should look at your work in terms of um, in terms of portfolios, portfolios, little groups of work. Yep. Yes. Um, to help sort of contextualise it. And he said Ansel Adams used to do that. So I bought a book of Ansel Adams's portfolios, uh, portfolios and then started to organise my work in that in that way. So in some respects, there's a there's a it, it's there's a it works chronologically in some yep. senses, but the way they're grouped together, they are they do relate to one another as you move yes. through it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was that was uh, all all my doing. Yeah. And also the grouping in the exhibition, um, sure. things were grouped together and they relate little clusters of yeah. three, four, five uh, framed yeah. prints. Yeah. Uh, all, all relate to one another. Yes. Yeah. There's a nice connectivity between them and they're yes. not just all totally standing by themselves. There's, it's it's yeah. similar to Paul Wakefield's book, The Landscape, whereby it's very much split up into five sections. And when you look at the grid at the back, you can see that all the clusters work well together and there's all some form of relationship mm. which I th which I think helps yeah, yeah Liz Lizzie Shepherd said to me I you know, she didn't get to the private view but she went to see the exhibition afterwards and she said she she was quite interested in the way that I put work together yes the way it related to each other uh, yeah. to these little clusters of work yeah yeah it's, uh, it's nice when you yeah. when you look through it you're not you're not going from one one extreme to another as such there's there's a there's a there's a relationship from one image to another and, and through the small clusters that you've put together. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I, you know, I wrote quite a bit at the back in the end, I had eight pages for production point of view, but, um, and I, as, as you probably have read, I, I, I invited 10 of my photographer friends to ask me three questions yeah. and uh, I thought oh, that would be a kind of novel way of doing it and I started yeah. to answer the that's 30 questions yeah. so I, I've got a file here somewhere with the, the answers to the questions mm -hmm. but I get to about 24 and then I'm I'm exhausted and I'm repeating myself so thought, yeah. what I need to do is to make that into a kind of flowing prose or text you know, yes. and, yeah. and link it all together um, but it's a little bit overlong. It's a little bit self-conscious. It, it's a bit repetitive. And I think if I had it, if I did it again, I would probably reduce that down, or or I wouldn't carry it. Yes. Um, Joe was disappointed that he couldn't write a lot more for the forward. For the yeah. forward, and yeah. had trouble doing. Th I gave him three hundred and twenty words. I think. Yeah. And he was quite crestfallen I had um and I because he, he, he he's such an elegant writer I just wish I'd left him to it and said okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah perhaps the book would have benefited from it but hey you know it's it's something I was very pleased yeah it's, it's, it's wonderful I think it's been beautifully printed I like the color plan papers at the back I think it's just a nice attempt and it's a nice detail and a nice touch point as well to put in and um, mm. I, I like I like the way you've done the cover as well I think it's with the inner and visible I think it's it's it works really nicely and it's 
a lot of it's the attention to detail, small details like that, that really begin mm. to stand out and make it just that wee bit special as opposed to a, a, a more standard one, particularly when you're doing it for yourself and it's something you really want to do as a very personal project, then yeah. you, you've got to get it right. So, because otherwise you'd be looking at something if you if you went with other papers and not color plan, every time you opened it, you'd go to the back and you'd immediately be reminded of why did I not get the color plan paper yeah, sure. and, and and that's it's just human nature it's the way we work so but as you say mm. you've got to you've always got to be conscious of what the cost is not for you not not just for you to get it printed but for what other people have got to buy for buy it for mm. and i suppose it's something some things win and some things have to be left out yeah, but it's, you, it's you the nature to, of the beast yeah you have to think of the market you think of yeah. the marketplace and um and and what what people have got to spend and and also the not the competition, but there's quite a lot of books yeah. out there. So there's and, a lot and of books out there. You look at you look at your own status in the, yeah. the in the photographic community, and you think, well, what? Who's going to buy it? And yeah. you know, there's a great crisis of confidence to begin with. Yeah. Um, because you are exposing a, a good chunk of yourself, yeah. as with the exhibition. Yes. You know, you, you're you're just bearing everything, and you, yeah. you're never sure how it's going to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah obviously paid off very, very well for you. So moving on to uh, to one of my favourite parts, it's uh, to hear what your favourite photo books are or <laughs> books are of other photographers or in your own bookshelves. Um, oh, well. Always always an interesting part because, uh, yeah, it's, it's just really interesting. It opens my eyes up. I think it opens other, others' eyes up to, to new names that they can go and research and discover for themselves and, and it gives generates different inspiration well i don't think i'm going to um uh, uh never I, say never I'm, I'm not going to spring any surprises well it, there's one book that that uh, i think everyone uh, every other person probably has uh, uh, has has suggested that it's the one of the go-to books on their book it's it's a it's a book that keeps on giving and that's uh Paul Kenny's Sea Works. Yeah, I just uh, written, I just written down Paul Kenny there. I thought that was, I thought that, <laughs> I thought that was going to be, I thought that was going to be the first one. Yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, what more is there to be said about it? Because so many people have uh, yeah. uh, talked about it. But uh, it, it, it is, it is everything to me. It, re it remains a constant. Uh, it, it's my go-to book. Yeah. I've got a house full of his prints. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a lovely guy. Yeah continues to be an inspiration it's a beautifully produced book uh, image after image is compelling yeah um, there's a great number of links to the way i work but we've we've arrived at that position from completely different starting points yes yeah and that's that's fascinating yeah um there is the odd occasion that I do send him an email with a little picture and say, look, I'm going to post this picture, but I'm a bit worried. It's quite, it's a little too Paul Kenny. And he, he says, no, it's, it's, it's fine. I get a little, I get a little bit worried if I'm, if I find I'm, I'm treading on uh, his yeah. creative toes, but no, it, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's lovely lovely work it's inspirational work and uh uh i've i've been aware of paul's uh, i think there was a feature in a, a sunday supplement many right. many years ago i think when it first came out right talking about uh talking about only a small little piece but showing the i think somebody referred it to me said look at have you seen this and it was like wow this is right I, um I, I I just wasn't aware that such beautiful work could be created. 
Yeah. Um, and I, I don't tire. I don't tire no. either. Uh, I've got two on the wall behind me. Um, yeah. So wherever I turn, there's... There's a Paul Kenny somewhere. Just there's a Paul Kenny it. somewhere. There's a Paul Kenny somewhere. Yeah. Um, the other one is Minor White, The Manifestations of the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, the father of kind of modernist uh, photography. Um, if I refer back to David Noble, uh, we yes. were talking, talking earlier about him. Yeah. Uh, we used to talk a lot about um, about Minor White. And again, it's it's a it reinforces my decision to do what I do. Um, and it's such a it's such grown up work. And again, compelling work. Yeah. So that would be my second choice. Yeah. My third choice is Al Bryden's uh, Solar Graphs. All right. Yeah. Um, and and I, I I'm fascinated by time. I'm fascinated by the fact that we almost live um, uh, we live with borrowed time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because the time it takes the light to leave the sun and get reach the earth. I'm doing a series of images based around the eight minutes, 20 seconds. It takes light to arrive at the earth. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. So we're, 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 all, we're almost, we're, we're operating in a, in a, in, in uh, a different time zone. Yes. In, in, in speak, um, Relative to the light coming from yes. the sun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but so in many ways, um, the, the, the sonograph idea just links in with that. And I just love the fact that something has been sitting there for a week, two weeks, and it just records what's happening with lovely little, uh, little lovely little comment he made about um, uh, one, uh, I think, tin can he'd put up um, and that uh, a friend of his had died. Between the time he put up, and he, he thinks it within within that there's a there's a moment there where his friend died. Died. It's just yeah. it's just captured within this. Uh, it's it's what's implied by these these images. Yeah. And yep. again, where they might take you, much as much as my work has a lot of things in there. If you want to spend time and look at what the scratches and yes. the little yeah. bits and pieces mean. Yeah. Um, so it's the minutia of a life that's condensed yeah into and much as i like to condense the, the landscape so uh it's an understated book um, very it's, a, it's a very nice book and I, I like i like a lot of owl's work as well i find it yeah he's super really guy. nice yeah now now two i've got i've gone a little bit off piece and the first one is the penrose annual penrose annual yeah, the Penrose Annual was a book that was published, I think, in uh, the 1890s it started, and the last publication date was about in the early 80s. So when I first started um, work as a designer, it was a sort of go-to book, reference book. Okay. Um, and it's a quintessential record of right. uh, development of mass media, Okay. Photography, design, yep. Yep. Uh, writing, printing. Those books are a production masterclass. They have a whole range of different, because printers were trying to showcase their work. Yes. So yep. as you flick through it, yeah. um, 
there's a whole range of different printing effects, tip-ins, all sorts yeah. of things. Yeah. So it's and the and the um, and the, the the seminal articles in there are still relevant now. Yes. They, they still have great reference value. Mm. So that's that's what and and there's obviously things about photography at, in the sixties and seventies, but only small sections. But nonetheless, there is a kind of linking to it. So it links photography, design, print. Yes, so all that everything impact. together. All very interesting. Yeah. Mm. And finally, Alan Kitchen, um, my life in letterpress. Yeah, uh, it's a wonderful book, wonderfully published book. Uh, it, it, I've got the special edition, quarter bound book. Um, it's a treasure trove of abstract shapes, colour, um, just defined by a master typographer. But yeah. he uses and makes up movable type, whether it's large wooden type, display type, display fonts, or small. Yeah. So he can create all sorts of magic Brilliant. with type, but it doesn't, I don't see it as type and language. I see it as something else. Yeah. I see it as an abstraction, as an abstract work of art, a lot of it. So I can derive a lot of, um, uh, a lot of inspiration from that. And I've started to do some work with type and images where I'm linking all right. themes yeah. like environment, uh, oh, I take the word environment. I'm using the characters yeah. and the imagery to create something that represents the environment. Very um, mm. So that's Very how that's how um, a, weird my head is. A great a great selection of books there. Uh, really, a couple I've heard of, and uh, I'll certainly be checking out those last two ones, particularly the Penrose Annual. That sounds. Uh, something that can probably be picked up on ebay or something like that it'd be quite interesting to see to see what that's like um yeah particularly if they've been publishing it over so many years so uh so what what are your plans obviously you've talked a couple of projects that you're working on at the moment is these ongoing ongoing projects that you're you're still seeing yeah through? yeah because i think in uh, like a lot of people i think lockdown has um, not the stuffing out of me a little bit because some yep. of the things that i need to do i need to be out yes wandering around uh, i need yep. to be collecting uh i'm i'm trying to print some of my abstracts on substrates that i find in the locality of where i'm photographing okay yep so i've been experimenting with wood and slate and yep. concrete and stuff but I need to work with the real material. Yes. And for that, you've got to put the hard yards in. Yeah. And obviously, we've not really had any yeah. opportunity for the last year and a bit. Yeah. Um, so um, that's Please. that slowed me down. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about doing um, some etching work and combining that with some of my abstracts. Yeah, etching studio close by. That yeah, uh, uh, I've got to know the people there quite, quite well. Yeah, um, so that's something else. Uh, and 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 developing my abstract painting, I think that yes. has to has to be. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a little course at the moment, and I've got somebody lined up to take things on um, a little bit further. But uh, good. It's um, yeah, I, it's it 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 is. 
it is the lockdown that's caused a, a, a great deal of inertia. Yes, and it's yeah. been it's been quite tough. Um, and uh, I think also I've 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 fallen out of love with social media. I think social media has killed is killing my um, appreciation of art, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Some, somehow there was a when I first grew up when I first went to art college I used to visit museums I used to collect books still yeah. collect books but I used to pour over the imagery I used to spend time with images with images I used to spend time understanding them but now we've got this monster that just consumes it just yeah. it and it's carpet bombed with imagery and I've found that I I've been questioning why I've been doing images um, what am I thinking about when I'm doing them, particularly if I'm playing around the iPhone? Am I thinking, oh, if part of that thinking is, well, this is going to go down well on social media, then, then I'm, I'm missing wrong. the point of why I'm doing it. Yeah. Okay, so that's sort of changing the dynamic of how I feel about yes. the whole business of social media and also people's work on social media who it's – it. I don't, I don't know whether it's just a sad old man talking, like, but it, it, I, art and creative things were special to me. You took time over them and, and you just didn't put a like and sent it on its way. And there's another thing came through and you'd stick like. And ha- yeah. Where do you get the time to stop and contemplate and consider people's yeah. work? There's some wonderfully, wonderfully creative work going up. Yeah. But it's lost in the noise. Yeah, there's so much. And, and I suppose it's a question of my next move is where I sit in all of that. There's such a lot of similar work now and I don't want new technology and and new programs and apps and things to take, uh, take my work in a different direction. I want it to come primarily from me. Yes. But where do I go with that and where do I sit it so that it, it It, has a place where people know, notice it rather than it just being, like I say, yeah. consumed by this uh, by this monster yeah. that just requires feeding. That's it. Yeah, and it'll be it'll be constant feeding. That's the thing. And yeah, I I'm I'm much the same. It's it's a, it's a bit of a devil at times, to be perfectly honest. But unfortunately, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. And it's a case of uh, trying to work out what's the best best way forward for each and individual, everyone individually as well. Yes, I think I think so. I think uh, I've I've tried to now step back a little bit and only look at it a couple of times a day, and yep. um, and and also post, try and just to post one, maybe two pictures a week. But but yep. if I post anything to keep a presence, it's it's one one yep. one one picture a week. Yeah, and I've put a couple of things up with the GF Smith book, GF yep. Smith book, yep. um, in the last couple of days. But that's really based on um, you know a conversation I heard you having with. Uh, Eddie. Eddie from yeah, so. it's a brilliant, brilliant book. I've got mine. My, my mindset, <laughs> so mindset's over there. And it's it yeah, yeah, mine's behind me. So yeah, it's uh, um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great resource actually. It's always very nice just to be able to have a flip through and see all the different papers and all the different embossings that they do on each of the papers as well. Mm. So it's really quite uh, yes, quite fascinating. And all of those things, of course, I'd planned for my book. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> It's the it's ideal resource. It's probably yeah. It's, it's probably not the best idea to get one if you're planning a book because you can just see your book growing arms and legs with all these new fancy paper yeah. types that you particularly the speciality ones are tucked away at the back. 
sure. that you sure. think they'll just add a lot more more cost. <laughs> yeah. But that was it. I've really enjoyed chatting to you, Graham. It's been a pleasure. And thank you very much for giving me up your time this evening. It's really been very interesting to hear about your work and to discuss your discuss your book. And uh, yeah, hope, hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, thank you very much again. Yes, well, thank you. I guess I have enjoyed it. And uh, I, I hope it's not too garbled. But uh... no, nope, not at all. I look, very, <laughs> I, I look forward to listening back to it when I'm, I'm not concentrating as when, much. When you want to laugh, yes. That's, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Not at all. Anyway, thank you very much, Graham. Anyway. Cheers.